0: The RPG Caves mana is fueled by patrons at patreon.com slash Yumi We wanna say thank you to everyone for all of their support, including our Capremium producers, Dallas Ford, Drew Agnew from the House of Barrio podcast. Jace Baldridge from twitch.tv slash Baca Ridge, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, and Jonathan Brown over at youtube.com slash gamingpurplemonkey, our platinum producers, Brian Scott, Robbie Miller, and Trucker Sloth. Our gold members, Argo, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Emily O'Kelly, Heather Boney, James Johnson, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Benji Kong, Marcus O'Neill, RJ Kern, Dano, Skinny Matt, and Xavier Rays. Thank you all for all of your support now. On with the show. Greetings fellow travelers, welcome to the second level of the RPG cave. I am your level 99 Archmage, Ryan Turford, and I'm joined alongside the level 99 Elf Ranger, Mr. Garrett Bland. Garrett, how are you doing today?
1: Hello, how's it going? I'm I'm doing very well. Um, I'm drinking this coffee that actually got locally and it's it's literally the best coffee ever and I'm I'm so glad I have it.
0: Literally so. the best there's no other coffee that's better anywhere in the world Garrett.
1: Exactly like just like in Elf the movie how you know he screamed out saying this is the best coffee in this coffee shop. This is exactly what I'm I'm declaring now I'm pronouncing You know I've never seen Elf coffee.
0: so I don't know exactly. Uh-huh. I can't, I don't get the reference but I'm sure many people are no, are actually was, normal human beings. It's a
1: hilarious bit. It's a Not hilarious like bit. It.
0: It's a time and place thing. I think I was a little bit too old when Elf came out. uh, I, I never actually went around to see... Whereas I know like most people that are younger than me like even if they wouldn't have gotten taken to go to the theater to go see it Mm -hmm. you would have seen it in school like they would have like wheeled out the the TV on the little TV stand Mm -hmm. and stuff and forced you to watch it in like class at some point whereas you know I was beyond beyond those you're beyond that (laughs) I mean I'm a man beyond my years Garrett my great beard of course this is the RPG cave of course the show we talk about RPGs all the time except for when we talk about elf like right now Uh, (laughs) let's clear the the dungeon a little bit uh, and talk about housekeeping so first of all our first episode episode went live, uh, basically today, the day we're recording this. Mm-hmm. And I want to say personally, thank you so much to everyone who reached out and gave us positive feedback about our first show. Um, I know Garrett and I were, were pretty proud of that episode. So mm-hmm. I'm glad most of you guys uh, had a chance to enjoy it. Of course, if you haven't seen it yet, it's on free feeds. I actually included mm-hmm. All the links to all the free feeds in the show notes this time around. So um, if you ha- want to subscribe to us on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts, if you only listen to us on Patreon, all the links are all in the, the show notes for that this week. So definitely check us out there. Also, we need your help over on YouTube. YouTube.com slash It's a whole bunch of – it's a giant <laughs> mess of characters, Garrett, and I'm not going to try and pronounce yes. it. So. Uh, it's in the show notes as well once we hit 100 subscribers we will be able to get our custom url which will just be youtube.com slash the rpg cave so please i encourage you guys if even if you're just going to listen to us on the auto feeds uh please subscribe to us on youtube it really helps the show grow uh definitely it goes a long way to helping us out so definitely do that hit that subscribe button Exactly. Also, you can leave us uh, some feedback on the podcast services of choice because that'll also help the show get discovered. Like on Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a review. Um, if you leave us a review, Garrett and I will read the review and talk about it on the show. So definitely, of course. Uh, you can go do that on Apple Podcasts. Last but not least, if you want early access to this show, as well as many of our other shows over on the Yumi and Capri Patreon, patreon.com slash capri, Throw a little tip in the old tip jar. And uh, you will get content. Content will come out. It'll be like, it's like a little turnstile or a vending machine. You put a <laughs> put a dollar in and uh, podcast content come out, comes out. It's very exciting. So head on over to Patreon and leave us with that. And now Garrett. Mm-hmm. Let's read from the sacred texts. It's time for our topic du jour this week. I mean, you know, we got to go fancy, right? That's how we do it here on, on our the Very, interview. very
1: fancy. The Elder Scrolls. We, we're getting blinded right whoa, now. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa. We don't want to get sued here, Garrett, for, for copyright infringement, okay? <laughs> we don't want to go that far. But uh, this week, our big topic is our favorite... RPG soundtracks. Of course music plays Mm -hmm. a huge part in in any kind of RPG especially uh, like long RPGs because you spend so much time with the the music in that game um, to the point Mm -hmm. where sometimes you'll be humming in your head outside of the game and stuff like that. So we wanted to kind of honor um, our favorite soundtracks of all time. Not only that but we actually opened this up to the community. So we actually got a lot of community feedback as to what uh, some of their favorite RPGs are. But before we get into our discussion Garrett, I wanted to bring in hobby. 1k at hobby 1k on twitter and they Mm -hmm. asked an interesting question that i I wanted to get your opinion on before we start talking about this will you listen to a game's music before playing the game i know some people would rather hear the music for the first time when it's played in the game personally hearing some of the game music early has been some of the nudge needed to play some games so garrett do you actually ever listen to RPG soundtracks at all, like, outside of uh, outside of the game itself? And if so, do you ever hear it before the game, before playing one?
1: So, th- yeah, that's a very interesting question. I, I don't normally do that. Um, I always look at gameplay first and, yeah. and see what the game is. I think that's first and foremost. But now that I'm thinking about it, like, listening to other soundtracks that outside I've played, like... It, Final Fantasy VII Remake is the prime example. I I hear the music in the previews. I hear the music in the demos, and it's fantastic. And I want to go to Spotify and just subscribe and just (laughs) listen to that soundtrack. So there Mm -hmm. are a rare few exceptions to that, but I don't actually go to the music first. I I always look at the demos and previews, but music is always um, an essential key component to the game. If it's a great music, it's going to set the atmosphere really nice in the game, Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I think about it.
0: Okay. Yeah. As for me, I, to answer your question, hobby, I actually don't listen to the soundtrack before playing the game and it's not because I want to get immersed in the game or anything like that. I think it's just a matter of, I I'm the type of person that when a new RPG comes out and if the trailers won me over, I'm usually going to go play it faster than the soundtrack goes up on something like Spotify, right? Like it's not too often we get RPG soundtracks accessible to us. Before the game comes out, especially here in North America, it's different in Japan um, because a lot of times you'll get them on, on like CD or digital platforms in Japan mm-hmm. much quicker than the, than the game comes out in Japan um, because it's a whole – they kind of roll things out a, a bit differently there. Um, but for here us in North America, it's harder for us to do that. So yeah. naturally, I usually don't do that. However… I'm going to throw this out that sometimes if music from a specific RPG will pop up in a different game that I'm playing that maybe I I missed out on, um, Mm -hmm. that might attract me to play the game. For example, a game like Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight um, was a game that I, I played that dancing game before playing Persona 3. Um, Because I I had missed it on the PlayStation 2. So hearing the music in that game inspired me to go play Persona 3 on on PS2. It made me go hunt down a copy of of FES and actually go play it that way. So there are definitely exceptions to the rule. But for the most part, definitely, I don't listen to, to RPG soundtracks before playing the game because Mm -hmm. I'm usually getting to the game first before I listen to it. That said, though, I listen to RPG soundtracks all the time um, because I actually, again, since I edit a lot of our shows for UB Capri, I'm usually always listening to music while I'm editing, and it's usually always music without vocals, and the best way to do that is a lot of times JRPG soundtracks or just RPG Mm -hmm. soundtracks in general. Um, So I actually will go to Spotify and load up, you know, one of the soundtracks we're going to talk about today and listen to that while I'm doing other things. Uh, mm-hmm. and you make and so, a good
1: point with Persona. Like there's a lot of music that I've listened to before the game, right? All the mm-hmm. intro themes and, and stuff like that. That I, I listed that music before I play the game. Yeah. But that does set up a good tone. Yeah,
0: definitely. especially or if you've ever played uh, Catherine from, from the oh, Persona Catherine, team yes. as well. Where like if you go to the jukebox in the bar, it's like it's got a bunch of songs from Catherine, but it's like and it's like all persona music in there, too. So it's yeah. like very easy to kind of fall down the, the rabbit hole of just, you know, listening to the music while going into the stray sheep and kind of walking around talking to people. So, um, yeah, that that's where I, I got exposed to a lot of that music and it, and it actually inspired me to play other games. But, yeah, that, mm-hmm. t- that situation doesn't come up too often because of just the nature of the beast. I mean, I'm still yeah. waiting for the Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers soundtrack to eventually hit Spotify. One of these days, can you're going to put that soundtrack on there, and it's going to be amazing. But, uh, yeah, so we're we're going we're to move on from there. And Garrett, let's talk yes. about our favorite soundtrack. So would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Um, I We're can... going to maybe do, like, one-and-one one kind of back-and-forth kind of
1: thing. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. I think um, this is pretty, you know, like, current and... But timeless as well. I'll I'll go first. Um, I've been playing a game that we're going to be talking about later in the future, of course. um, Mm -hmm. On my retro pocket, I'm playing Chrono Trigger, and let me tell you, that soundtrack—it blew me away. It's real good. Oh my goodness! Like I never thought an SNES soundtrack could like really like sound like that. Like it's so eerie. It's so like like there's all the songs in there. Perfectly fits the tone of what is in the atmosphere. I, I think one song that really caught me was the secrets of the forest. Um, okay. When you're actually going through the forest before you head to the to the kingdom or whatever, it it reminds me of Studio Ghibli music. Just mm-hmm. long drawn out emotional music. You can hear like the lighter tones in there. Um, yeah, it, and it, and it's everywhere too. And, and Chrono Trigger, it's like there's not one bad song. Mm -hmm. and that whole like 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 whole playlist of songs in there and i love too just the
0: music is just so varied from each other as well depending on what location you're in or like the time period like certain like each of the songs in a specific time period have like a th- almost like a musical theme that are associated with them, yeah. That kind yeah. of go along with it. So um, as you're you're listening to the soundtrack just outside of the game, it almost feels like you're traveling through time, like you're traveling yeah. through time in the game. Uh, and it's it's just really it really a really interesting soundtrack. Again, it's done by Yasunori Matsuda and Uematsu, uh, actually, famously from the Final Fantasy series, did a few mm-hmm. tracks on it. But uh, it's mostly mostly uh, Matsuda son who mostly did uh, the music in that game. And yeah, I have to echo it, it, that with you, like. Chrono Trigger is one of my very favorite SNES soundtracks of all time. Mm-hmm. It's still one that that definitely holds up today. Um, when I hear orchestral themes of some of the songs, I don't know what it is about them, but it, they almost feel a little bit less special to me. Okay, I don't know what they, it is.
1: they just they just hit a little bit off.
0: Yeah, I think that it just in the moment of listening to it, it just on on the SNES itself, I just think it sounds much better or, mm-hmm. or just you know evokes those themes so much better than than maybe like an orchestra is able to capture um so maybe yeah. it's just part of the special a special sauce of playing the it on the snes version but yeah chrono trigger was one that was kind of one of my honorable mentions on this list um mm-hmm. partially because i kind of knew you were going to pick this one and i yes yes vote. of Didn't course same one uh but i mean chrono trigger that's like a duh like a slam dunk yeah. like of course <laughs> you're gonna pick. Uh, of course right. we're gonna have chrono trigger on this list i mean it would be impossible for us not to uh, well, next up, I'm going to actually go with one I just mentioned a few minutes ago, Final Fantasy XIV. Now, okay. I had to think about it for a bit because I was telling Garrett off air that I wanted to make sure to only pick one soundtrack per franchise, and of course, yes. Final Fantasy is a series that is just littered with amazing soundtracks, and you kind of can't go wrong with picking one soundtrack over the other. So, I had to mm-hmm. really like think to myself, okay. What is the what is my favorite soundtrack from the final fantasy series just in general? And I had to go with 14. And I mean, when I say 14, I have to include all the expansions when I talk about it because I mean, they're all they all played into the same game essentially, Mm -hmm. even though they all have their different themes and musical styles depending on, on which expansion you're playing. Um, I mean, uh, that's a that's a shoshi soken really just knocks it out of the park with the music in that game of course he's an incredible mm-hmm. composer um it's it's crazy that he actually isn't doing more soundtracks for Square Enix although we haven't gotten official confirmation that he's doing the soundtrack for 16 i'm fairly certain from that opening trailer that he's actually doing the, the soundtrack for 416 um which is awesome and just there are so many amazing tracks to choose from from uh Final Fantasy 14 from the Shadowbringers main theme uh from to the to the edge uh boss fight from Shadowbringers where you fight the warrior of light uh towards the end of the game to even hard to miss which is probably my favorite track which is just the one of the the fate battle themes essentially fates are kind of these open world mm-hmm events that happen in Final Fantasy 14 and they have different fate themes depending on where you are in the world and Heart the Miss is one of the, the very first ones you hear it's this, just this amazing um set of like guitars and string music and synthesis music there's just all mm-hmm. kinds of really awesome like it's, uh so it can really just blend so many different genres together and then just mashes them all together with and, and somehow it just all fits Um, Not only that, but many of these tracks also have, like, these, like, choir vocals and stuff, too, and and, and he mixes them with these really, like, different themes that, musical themes that you really wouldn't expect to go with, like, choir vocals, but it just works. And now, is it all
1: orchestral, like, music, like, through and through with some Final of Fantasy 14 There's
0: some orchestral music, where some of it is just, like, it just sounds like it's rock music with, like, guitars yeah. and drums and bass and stuff. Um, it really just depends on the type of boss you're fighting. And, again, sometimes okay. Soken will sometimes mix and match. So, like, certain bosses, for example, will have certain phases, and each phase of the boss fight will have a different theme associated with it and mm-hmm. that theme can change like for example um, with the boss titan it starts kind of like this like rock rift with uh with with basically like bass pedals and uh, just <laughs> the guitars just solo and then yeah. the next phase for example will bring in the bass guitar in addition to the bass drum and and the guitar and then the third theme will bring in some uh orchestral theme uh singing with some uh some string in- instruments like violins
1: just like to stuff. mash everything together
0: <laughs> yeah and then the fourth and f- uh, final phase just mashes all of those elements together and just and not only that but has these like rock vocals going along with it it's so 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 good it's so i I bet
1: that composer's having a great time with like (laughs) final fantasy doing all these different i don't know like different instruments and like different themes and like i hear final fantasy 7 remake music it's a lot of orchestral but then you hear some guitar some it's just so crazy that they could just try to blend everything together into one just like massive piece like that yeah it's
0: this giant hodgepodge of musical <laughs> styles that just again just all works in the contents of playing the game and it's just again when i go into certain uh certain boss fights i get like pumped up just listening to the music i'm like yes i'm ready to kill this boss this is so fun so yeah final fantasy 14 especially uh the type with the type of game it is being an mmo it's so easy to just kind of tune the music out because you're yeah. playing the game for so long but even 40,000 hours into the game where I am now with Final Fantasy XIV. I still love the music for Final Fantasy XIV, and I will listen to it even That's outside the game. That's some good music. <laughs> so it, it has to be a pretty dang good soundtrack to to do that. So I definitely have to put that as kind of my first spot here on my favorite soundtracks list. Like Final Fantasy XIV's music, so, so, so good. It's all on Spotify, too, except for Shadowbringers. It's going to get there one day, so can I will come one over day. there and, and, and make you put it on there, of course. Uh, so, so, so good. Plus Endwalker, too. We're just, the best part about Endwalker is you, you may be getting a game, but you're essentially buying the soundtrack to Endwalker, and then the game kind of mm-hmm. comes along with it. So <laughs> there you go. I'm very excited about that uh, this November. But Garrett. I'm excited for you. Yes. What is your next choice, my friend?
1: All right. Well, my next choice is actually one of my favorite RPGs as well. Um, and it's actually made by a smaller developer who made the game Hades and also Ooh. Bastion uh, Supergiant Games. I'm talking about actually Transistor and Very it's nice. actually one of my higher favorite RPGs um, getting into uh, the PS4. Great smaller RPG, but that soundtrack is really good. It really fits the tone. So Transistor is like more of a futuristic kind of sci-fi type of story and the the composer it's darren korb he actually does a lot of the music in supergiant games he does mm. a really good job of fixing a lot of the beats and tones of sci-fi music uh, the main character red she's a singer um, and she actually lost her voice during the game and she's trying to reclaim that voice throughout the game um, but she can hum still. And she hums with the tones of each of the songs if you pr- hold down like one of the triggers or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's really nice. Um, there's a bunch of amazing like, uh, great songs by Ashley Barrett. She is actually the voice uh, for Red um, during these songs as well. Um, I really go out and and search it up on Spotify, go through the whole soundtrack. It's not that long. It's like, probably. It's maximum of oh, it's it's an hour and twelve minutes. Like yeah. and it's, the game is shorter short. naturally,
0: so of course, it's the yeah. soundtrack doesn't need to be as expansive as you know what yeah. some of these other games we're talking about too.
1: But but there's some amazing songs in there, like in circles, um, and also what was another one that I, oh, we all become, mm. we all become is is a very wow. very good song. Um, that
0: that's so. what we would refer to in the business as a banger, Garrett. Let me tell as you a what. banger, that's a banger. <laughs> that song is real
1: good. Real yeah. good. yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my next transistor a
0: really good choice, man. I actually hadn't even thought about that one um because I don't really traditionally think of that as like a traditional RPG, but it obviously it yeah. definitely is an RPG. Um and just even from the opening minutes of the very first trailer from that from that game, I was like, this music this game's gonna have amazing music when I played it. Yeah. And I was not disappointed when playing the original, the, 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 the full game. Like uh yeah, it, it really just plays into again, like you said, the 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 character itself. Um, mm-hmm. and kind of you know her being a singer just it plays into the music's little styles with the game just just so much so yeah i transition yep. a great choice i love the music in transistor as well and uh yeah like super giant just totally nailed it with that one and uh, they've always mm-hmm. had really good music in all their games they too, have like,
1: great music's got yeah. a really
0: good soundtrack as well um i haven't played hades but i he- hear the music's good in that game and then yeah. even in something like pyre i think had a really good soundtrack too so
1: yeah 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 darren so Corb yeah. does a very good job yeah they do good
0: work over there all right next up i'm gonna go with a soundtrack that uh again from is a from a a long-running series that you can't really go wrong picking music from any one of these games and i know garrett you're gonna probably talk about one of these at some point too Mm -hmm. persona 3 portable is my choice from the persona series um again it's it's hard to go wrong with any of the persona soundtracks but (laughs) that's so true but again, the listening to mu- the music from Persona 3 in Dancing in Moonlight really got got me excited to play the game because the music is just so good from that game. Um, and uh, Persona 3 Portable of the three Persona versions. Mm-hmm. The reason why I go with that one over the original soundtrack or the FES soundtrack is because um you have the two pl- playable protagonists in Persona 3, you have the male and female main characters and depending on the character you select it changes the music for the entire game based on which which character you play so like the open world theme for example is a different song um and the battle theme is a completely different song um you have some songs that kind of cross over between both versions but Reg- depending on which character you select it thematically feels different between the two of them from the mm. music perspective which i, I just really loved uh, so the music itself of course you've got music from uh lotus juice of course who's like a japanese rapper um he's a lot of the persona games um but you've also got uh the vocal stylings of yumi Kawi- kamakura as well um mm-hmm. she does an amazing job with some of the vocal tracks in the game um and then just shoji uh, miguro which has a lot of the, the, the overworld themes and stuff like that and, and mostly does all of the, the instrumental themes in that game. Um, and my favorite song from the game is way of life, which is kind of like the female kind of open world theme where you're going from, from place to place. Um, it's just this like very like uppity, like kind of positive song, which is kind mm-hmm. of different from a lot of the music in persona three. Cause you've got a lot of darker themes in persona three. Um, just as a game itself, it's, it's very different from some of the other persona games, uh, from a lot of the different themes perspectives. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I love just kind of the, the infusion of a lot of, uh, uh, like um, electronic music with the the rap from from Lotus Juice from a lot of yep. the tracks in this game. So, yeah, Persona 3 Portable definitely my pick for the Persona series. A, it, again, just like Final Fantasy, a very tough choice cuz oh, yes. I mean all of them are great. Um I mean obviously I would say maybe the PS1 versions of Persona 1 and 2 are kind of lacking behind the rest of them, but when the, but when they did the remakes on PSP, they redid redid all the music for those games too and all that like redone music is fantastic. They as do
1: well. a really good job with their music then if they just uplift the the first two games with they take really good care of them. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's the reason why we see like the, the persona concert series in Japan every year. Cause yeah. like there's so much good music from, from all of the persona games um, and just seeing them on stage. Like, I think that's such a unique experience like between that, or even going to the final Fantasy concert, distant worlds. Like it's yeah. so, it's so, it's one thing to listen to the music when you're um, listening to it just on your own in, in your house. But then going to see that live is just such a different experience. I bet.
1: Um, yeah. And I
0: mean, that's one of the things that, like the next, if I ever go back to Japan, that's one of the things I want to do. Is like whenever you know the world opens up again and we can go to like the Persona concert series again. Like I want to go to Japan and go see it.
1: In, That'd be in, crazy. In I, I think I remember watching a live stream of I think it's Persona Five. I think they were doing Strikers or something like that. But they yeah. had a live stream sometime last year, and I yeah. was watching like a good three or four hours. They go for a very long time yeah in those they concerts
0: it's, well it's like over a couple days they do like this yeah. this giant festival it's like woodstock or something like that but it's all persona music and they like it's reunite all, all the singers. It, it, they reunite all the singers from the original persona games as well so okay. it's not just persona 5 where they do in these concerts it's like all the music across all the games which is just amazing to see so yeah mm-hmm. that's one of the one of my bucket list things to do is to go see that in fact uh while we're on the subject Garrett, have you really seen like any video game concerts at all yourself
1: no not really well I used to go but now the pandemic and everything but no I haven't specifically went to to a video game concert
0: oh okay because I've been to a a couple because I've been to uh, Distant Worlds and seen uh the Final Fantasy music played in person but also this is kind of non-RPG related but uh one of the last concerts I went to before the pandemic started was Mm -hmm. the Legend of Zelda live oh I bet that was so cool it was amazing uh, yeah. getting to see, see kind of themes uh, across all of the different games I've actually been to that twice because I went to it one year when uh, the year that Majora's Mask the remastered version came out oh, yes. um, and they had like a big like 20 minute like uh, medley at the end of the show that was like all the songs across uh, Majora's Mask which was cool and then once again uh, in 2019 with like to celebrate Breath of the Wild and all of the music from mm-hmm. that game so yeah it was so 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 cool so there you go. That's my second pick. Garrett, what is your mm-hmm. third RPG pick, my friend?
1: Uh, I'm going to continue the Persona train because I do love Persona music so much. And I wish um, I, I do have Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight, but I just need to get to it. I just haven't gone really dive deep into the music of that. But mm. what I'm going to choose and what inspired me to like listen to this music all the time is actually Persona 4 Dancing All Night. Okay. Um, that is probably the the first time I was like, oh wow, the personing music is really, really good. And the remixes mm-hmm. of the songs are even better. And so yeah. I, I think I got like the special edition, whatever version on Vita, and then mm-hmm. I got the soundtrack. And then I popped in that soundtrack into my car and listened to that constantly in loops and road trips. And it has like all the remixes and all the original music in there. Um, I'm thinking of like a lot of famous songs in there, like Juna's theme. I, I yeah. really enjoy it. It's very happy and upbeat as well. It's just um, so different
0: from everything else from in the persona yeah. games too, which is just what makes it stand out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, um, the remixes of heartbeat, heartbreak. I remember <laughs> Sean Capri used to put that song at the end of, uh, the, um, Yumi, in the, Capri. Yumi and Capri. Yeah. yeah. And then also backside of the TV remix is, is very good as well. And it's like kind of like a kind of battle music, kind of spooky in a yeah. way. Um, and, and of course Lotus Juice does a very good job of adding more rap yeah. and more lyrics into those remixes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I can listen to that soundtrack constantly. It's yeah, so good.
0: It, it's so good. And in fact, across all of the dancing games, regardless of which one you're playing, like all of those remixes, like the Persona 5 remixes that they did for... Yeah. Um, Dancing in Starlight and then uh, the Dancing in Moonlight themes for Persona 3. All of them are amazing. Like they did they did put so much care into doing those mm-hmm. remixes. And Persona 4 Dancing All Night is actually a really interesting choice. I mean, I expected that maybe uh, you might pick Persona 4 Golden, for example. But mm-hmm. I think you get kind of all the best. You get the best of both worlds with the Dancing uh, All Night soundtrack because it's not yeah. just remixes. You've also got some of the original themes in there, too, as well. Um, and yeah, the music in that game is top notch and it all kind of plays into the story in that game too. Cause I mean, for most people that haven't played it, it's like a story continuation of persona four as well. Like it goes it is, yes. uh, past the main credits and all of the, the themes that are in some of those remixes kind of work their way into the themes in that you're, you're experiencing in that story mode, which I thought was really interesting as well with mm-hmm. dancing all night. So that's a game that I know people just don't give it a try cause it's a dancing game and that's like a turnoff for people. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just, it's really, 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 really good. And if you haven't, if you're listening to this and you haven't checked that music out, definitely check it out. I think the soundtrack for that's on Spotify as well. So you can definitely go listen to it there.
1: All the Persona music is on Spotify. It's actually kind of tricky tricky to search it up um, yeah well what actually
0: have- the best way i found to find it was to search lotus juice because his name's in english oh. uh, on spotify because the other like artists names are in japanese like they're in mm-hmm. kanji essentially um so you can't really search them easily but if you search for lotus juice and then goes to go to the appears on section just all mm-hmm. the all the almost all the soundtracks are there and then you can kind of like link to them from from the other soundtracks once you've got find one of them
1: Th- so the the playlist the profile that actually uh, license the official music is any playlist, so A and I playlist that that has all the Persona official music. In Just there. so
0: much Persona, you could listen to it all day. Yeah.
1: And all the anime music, really.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. All right, next up, my third choice is going outside the world of JRPGs because we've been talking about, a lot about JRPGs. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Transistor's not a JRPG either, but um, <laughs> Mass Effect Two is okay. my next choice this is actually from from jack wall it's a it's a very it's more of a traditional soundtrack versus some of the other ones we've been talking about where it's a lot of orchestral music but you've also got a lot of synth beats in there as well and just some notable music to me as um like where, for example the afterlife theme when you're going to the bar on omega for the very first time it's got this this really cool like dance beat in the background that just sticks in the back of my mind every time i think about that game um it's it's always there and it's one of the very first pieces of music you actually hear in that game um Mm -hmm. but garrett the suicide mission theme at the end of the game where you're doing kind of the final mission in mass effect 2 amazing like Mm. it's it's this amazing like orchestral piece that that's put together and it kind of rivals some of my other favorite orchestral video game soundtracks like halo for example um, that it kind of reminds me of a lot of those soundtracks and it's just epic in every single way and it of course just coincides with one of the most epic um, uh, moments in Every any video game I've played, whereas The Suicide Mission, The Last Hour of Mass Effect 2 is just incredible. And the music that goes along with it just permeates through that, out that whole journey that you go on uh, when you're fighting the collectors at the end of the game. So definitely nice. I'd have to say The Suicide Mission definitely is my favorite track. But again, just a lot of really cool like sci-fi themes that you kind of hear throughout the game it it really is like it's almost more of your traditional space opera soundtrack but it it feels almost old school in a lot of ways as well like it feels kind of retro it feels like it's trying to evoke uh like the themes of some like 70s sci-fi as well Mm -hmm. or 80s sci-fi um as you're going from place to place in addition with like some some more modern orchestral stuff and it kind of blends those two together so mass effect 2 is my choice um it was definitely out of most Western RPGs, probably my top pick uh, as far as any of those um, because I love, I, I love the music in all the Mass Effect games, but definitely Mass Effect 2, I think, stands out with, especially, again, with the suicide theme music and then some of the other tracks, I think, kind of stand head to toe over some of the other soundtracks from Mass Effect 1 is probably a close or up. But then Mass Effect 3 has some good music, but it's just not as high for me for whatever reason.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. I uh, definitely need to play those games. One day, uh, This year, this year. I, I think it's going to come to Camp Pass, like, later this year, hopefully, oh, yeah, I, I the, think at least so the too. first one. You know. Yeah, yeah, so it'll, it'll be uh pretty soon. Uh, so for me, I'll, I'll stick on the Western RPG train here, and actually, um, I'm gonna mention an MMO, um, The Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, um, I
0: interesting
1: think, choice. yeah, so. I was debating between which Elder Scrolls game I, I really want to pick because it was it was Skyrim or Oblivion or, or Elder Scrolls Online. And when I was going through the soundtrack of Elder Scrolls Online, they do a fantastic job of fitting all of the orchestral pieces into the environment. Um, it's it's so it, and there's so much content uh, in there as well from like, very, like I, I feel like um, it just fits to each and every environment. And then also the. Uh, I, I'm not sure. It's it, it's more environmental music, just like Skyrim. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know what else to say about that. But like I think that's what the best part about it is. With these kind of soundtracks, is is like it it kind of blends in. Yeah, and, well, none of that, and, but
0: it does something similar to what we were talking about with kind of with, Chr- with Chrono Trigger, where each yeah. area kind of has its own theme, but um, it has multiple music tracks per area, but they all kind of have like this similar musical theme in each area and then as you go from area to area you kind of get the music changes along with it to reflect the area you're in um so again it's more like music that's in the background like you stated like you're not thinking about like Mm -hmm. vocal tracks or anything like that but it's very much but but it's it's telling the story of the each location through the music which i think
1: exactly yeah Yeah. um and it's just um it's not music that you kind of like need to listen to but it's more like very environmental, and also it's great study music. Like, you could just go into Spotify or YouTube or whatever, and I just listen to those type of soundtracks and just study or do something else. Um, it's, it's very good. A couple of songs that like really pop out for me for Elder Scrolls Online is Watchman's Ease from Oblivion and also North Point Nocturne. Those were the huge standouts out of the hundreds of songs that are in. Oh, scrolls yeah. online. Um, and then with each yeah. new
0: expansion, you've got even more songs too, like kind of what I talked about with Final Fantasy XIV, where it's and each mm-hmm. one has like its own like yeah. themes and stuff associated with it too, which is which is really interesting as well.
1: But yeah, I just really want to highlight this game just because they just like Final Fantasy 14, they take a like a very great care or great job at their music. It's like okay, okay we're adding this expansion. How do we make sure the player Is like really um, enhanced with this music that's that's Mm -hmm. surrounding this environment. So yeah,
0: yeah. and a lot of the music I was listening to while playing the Elder Scrolls Online as well because I played it for for a good while as well. I mean, I never got sick of it. I never turned it off or anything like that. It just you know goes along with you know what you're doing and stuff like that. It gets the job Mm -hmm. done, and it it definitely is uh, is done with care. So that's a good choice. And again, out of the all the Elder Scrolls soundtracks, again, I'm probably in agreement with you that that's probably the strongest one. Yeah, I mean, not just from the breadth of music, but also just the music quality itself, I think, is probably a little bit better than even something mm-hmm. like Skyrim, whereas I know a lot of people might might take offense to that because they like the the main kind of Skyrim theme. But uh, beyond the main Skyrim theme, I think that the music itself re- just didn't really, didn't really stand out to me in the same way yeah. that,
1: that Elder Scrolls Online It, it does feel kind of samey. And the yeah. same thing for Elder Scrolls Online, too. There's a lot of samey music, but that's just great music that I just put in the background as well. Yeah, yeah. for sure.
0: All right. Next up for me, I'm going to circle back to one of the things you talked about at the very beginning, Garrett. And I'm going to talk about a Chrono game, but the other Chrono game. I'm going to talk about Chrono Cross. Um, And for those that didn't know, the composer for this game is actually Matsuda-san again, from Chrono Trigger actually did all the music fra- from Chrono Cross as well, which is why you actually have a lot of the same themes. Because uh, in this game, in Chrono Cross, it's not a time travel game. You're actually p- traveling between two different realities. Essentially, one reality where Excellent. the main character yeah. lives, and then the other reality where the main character died when he was a child. Essentially, um, and the world is ve- a very different place in b- both these realms. So as a result, you'll have you'll be going to some some of the same areas in each world but the theme for that area will be different depending on which world you're in. Mm -hmm. Um, So as you go through it, like one will be like, like the one town, like this one town will have like an upbeat theme in the world where the character is alive. But in the other world, it'll be like this, like sad, like melodramatic music. And it's, it's just, it's so different between, between both the worlds. And again, just totally highlights all the themes from that game. And I love it to death from, from the opening music um, to the, the kind of the open world theme for, um, the, the, the other world, I, I think that's incredible. Um, the one, the, the song I love the most though, the girl who stole the stars, which is kind of this like hmm. sad theme where they're kind of, where you kind of learn about some of the similarities between Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross that again, I'm not going to spoil for people that haven't played it. Um, the music that, that you kind of listen to there kind of evokes a lot of themes uh, and, and musical stylings from the original Chrono Trigger, but then mixes them with the style of Chrono Cross. And it's mm-hmm. a theme that basically kind of bridges both games together, both games that really I actually cool. love. Um, so the, the that song itself is really amazing. And just there are so many great tracks on the Chrono Cross sidetrack. It's huge. It's like four CDs long. So there's just so much That's music amazing. to choose from. <laughs> And again, it's you're hearing a lot of the the same type of themes that you would hear in Chrono Trigger, but it's not done in the like chip tune style that you get from from Chrono Trigger. It's mm-hmm. m- it's, it, but at the same time, it's not orchestral music either. It's more like electronic ver- uh, themes versions of it's the, definitely the, that PS one
1: music ty- yeah. type of blends. Yeah,
0: exactly. Like it's it's kind of like almost like this this MIDI music that's like bridging the gap t- between mm-hmm. the PS uh, one era and you know, more orchestral stuff. So Mm -hmm. Chrono Cross, the music itself, slam dunk for me. It's, it's so good. It's almost as good as the Chrono Sugar music, I would argue. So uh, definitely check that out again. It's on Spotify as well, uh, as well as the Chrono Sugar soundtrack. So you can definitely go there. We're going to mention Spotify a lot in this episode, I feel. Uh, (laughs) There's so much good music there. Well, Garrett, this round is out to the end of our list. Garrett, what is your fifth choice for our top 10
1: RPG soundtracks? There's a few, like, last few games that I want to mention, but I guess the last one uh, for this list.
0: Because we'll talk I'm about gonna... Automal Dimensions afterwards. So yeah, yeah, worry.
1: that sounds good. Um, I, and I've been playing this game recently, and uh, hopefully I'm almost done with the first part of it. Um, Near Automata. Ooh, I. that's a good one. I think that soundtrack is the most unique soundtrack I've heard in a video game um like like really ever it's very obscure just like how it fits with the game it very ups, um i guess like darker tones there's a lot of vocals with it um i love how every time you like go in between areas the the music kind of just shifts ever so slightly sometimes you get like some instruments um when you go like into the center of these certain areas but as you go out it fades And, and like, it's really cool to see like, like, you know, in the circus, um, kind of carnival area, you go inside, you can hear the vocals, you can hear everything around you. But once you start getting outside of there, it kind of fades off and try to transitions to another one. So it does a very good job of, of doing that. And also when you get into battles, um, it it gets your heart racing, gets your heart pumping with, with the vocals and everything. Um, yeah, near Automata the one thing that really stuck out to me other than the combat is the music. Um, it does a really, it's just a really nice job of, of blending it into that game for sure.
0: Yeah. And it's just like we've talked about, like with some of our other entries, it's just so varied depending on what area of the game yes. you're in and stuff. Like I, I love kind of the open, like when you're in the kind of the open world and it's got like, that that's like really like almost like uh, positive music. Mm-hmm. But then when you do some of the boss fights, it's like, it just goes all over the place. So some
1: dark yeah I love it,
0: especially like the I, the Carnival area, like the music yes. in there is just like it's just so so different from like everything else in the game. And like that's one of like the most memorable areas in the game for me personally because of the music. so mm-hmm. um or even mm-hmm. just some of the later themes too, like the the where, when you're fighting some of the robots towards the the end of um two b's uh, mm-hmm. ending just. Some of the music towards the end of her her campaign just really interesting stuff. So, yeah, Nier Automata, fantastic choice, Garrett. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I could have gotten any better myself. With mm-hmm. so my final choice might actually feel a little bit disappointing, but I'm actually going <laughs> to swing this all the way back to where we began with the okay. Super Nintendo because I got to wow. I got to throw this one in here as well. Now this actually this game actually got a remake last year, but I'm actually going to go with the soundtrack from the original version of the game. Trials of Mana, which is oh, the, okay. the, the sequel to Secret of Mana. Um, this the music in this game is actually done by um, Hiroki Kakuda, and the music itself in this game just just like Chrono Trigger is is very varied depending on the, the the areas you're going into, and just has some great like memorable music. Um, mm-hmm. from top to bottom. And one of the things I actually loved about the remake of Trials of Mana that came out last year is you can actually play it with this, the SNES soundtrack version versus the orchestral soundtrack. And it kind of goes to, uh, back to what I was talking about with Chrono Trigger, where I don't know what it is about the orchestral mi- version of that music, but it's not it's as timeless off. to me as the original version, if that makes any sense. Um, it's I, so I
1: guess that's just kind of consistent. Yeah, when, when these composers think of, you know, these eight-bit mi- music it I feel like it's just much different types of like ment- like mentally what kind of beats they, they could do compared to an orchestral version. Whereas orchestral version from the ground up, of course, it's going to be like a masterpiece of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but if you try to transition from 8 to orchestral, I, I can see why it, people would yeah. have a tough time. If anything,
0: the- they make it more overly complicated uh, thematically yeah. with the music than, than you were trying to get across in the original game. And I just don't think it hits the same way as you know some of the original themes um th- some of the, the my favorite songs from that are uh where the angels fear to tread which is kind of like the the song from the very beginning of the game uh but then the final boss fight in that game has three different phases for the boss fight and it has three different distinct themes for each phase and the 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 third part sacrifice part 3 is this like 9 minute like tour de force track that just mm-hmm. goes on and on and it just it, it it has so many ups and downs to the track itself it's really mm-hmm. incredible uh what, what what uh, Kakuta San did with the the music for that game, so uh, definitely check that one out. I love the music for for Trials of Mana; it's it's amazing. Um, that's the type of that's the, the the soundtrack I was listening to listening to for so long before we got the North American version of that game because I had actually played it before it came here. I actually, I actually have like an mm. import copy of the game um, yeah. that I played back in the day um but yeah the music for that game really solid even even and it is across the mana series as well because he actually did the music for all of the mana games from secret of Mana to um some of the the later titles as well like Legend of Mana and stuff like that so mm-hmm. definitely check that one out i i love that one a lot so garrett real quick what are some of your honorable mentions that we didn't get a chance to talk about on our main list here
1: so i want to mention um actually a few of them for for the pokemon franchise i still think pokemon red blue and yellow though the, the mm-hmm. original tunes of that and it, it's kind of nostalgic to me but i i feel like they did a very good job of the capabilities at the time with game boy and game boy color um probably the best soundtrack out of the fire emblem a- franchise is actually or what i've played of is fire emblem echoes uh Ooh. the shadows of Valencia yeah. uh remake on on the 3ds Take a look at that soundtrack, man, because it's—I think it's a standout compared to the rest of the modern uh, Fire Emblem games. There, um, another game I want to mention—it's a, <coughs> a smaller RPG that came out last year. Other side ever heard of this. Uh, I've never game? heard of this game. Um, so it's on Xbox and PC, but it's a strategy RPG, um, a roguelite okay. uh, where you just kind of like go through or whatever. But like, they have two or three great songs in there that reminds me of like. A cover band for three days grace (laughs) like it's it's actually really really cool um and then i want to mention the disgaea franchise in general i feel like the music there is so wacky so upbeat so jazzy so it's it's very different than the emotional dark music you hear all the time in rpgs that one is like this is fun. This is fun. It, it music. totally
0: fits with like the theme of those games, like the style where they're yeah. just such goofy games and it's got like this really goofy music that goes along with it. Yeah. Yes. That's a good, really good choice to Like I really love that. Even though again, that's not the type of soundtrack I would probably listen to outside the game, but like in the context of while you're playing the game, like I love it. It's great.
1: Yes. Yeah. So those are my honorable mentions. Very nice. As
0: for me, kind of my honorable mentions are uh, The Legend of Dragoon on PS1. Mm-hmm. Uh, really fantastic soundtrack. Again, a lot of like traditional fantasy stuff, but I, I think all of it's really well done, especially like the the main, the the, the very first theme you hear, if you bo- still believe, which is like this really cool vocal track um, during the first cutscene, I think is fantastic. So definitely got to give props to that game. Um, a newer game, Indivisible. Um, this is like, oh, a yeah. really cool okay. turn-based RPG. Um, and some of the music of that game, uh, was really fantastic. And it was also done by the same composer I talked about before, uh, Kakuta-san, who did the, the Secret of Mana soundtracks as well. So he actually did the music for that game and it's, it's really fantastic. Um, I love it. Another game, another modern game that a lot of people might've missed, but it's on Game Pass, Cro- uh, CrossCode. Actually has oh. a fantastic soundtrack as well. Um, that one is almost like a. You, you, it takes place like in this pseudo MMO, so you actually have like an MMO-like soundtrack with that game, but it's all done in sixteen-bit stylings. Mm. So it's uh, it's got a really good soundtrack along with it. And then, of course, it, I, I have to throw this in here, even though I said I wouldn't pick another Final Fantasy game. Final Fantasy VII remake soundtrack. Of course, yeah. we would be remiss if we didn't mention it somewhere um, in here. And the last one before I go to user questions as well. Octopath Traveler, I think, has an amazing soundtrack as Yes, well. um, of course. And I, I love just all the different themes for all the different characters. Just the battle theme, too, just it just plays in my head as I talk about that game. Ah, uh, such a good soundtrack for that game. And I'm so glad I have the collector's edition that comes with the soundtrack, too, because I listen nice. to it a lot. So there you go. So let's let some of the community in with, with us as well. Let's party up. Let, so uh, here are some of the, the ones we heard from our community. We'll start with Fluxay, who says... Chrono Trigger is his favorite soundtrack of course and then we got Kaboski who says Octopath Traveler and Persona 5 again we didn't talk about Persona 5 but of course just Persona 5 S- amazing soundtrack amazing soundtrack of course. just uh, this like amazing jazzy soundtrack it's it's so good mm-hmm. Seanathan not to be confused with Sean says Final Fantasy 7 remake he kind of echoes what I was just talking about there will at wondrous will says final fantasy 14 has a stellar soundtrack i love some of the remix songs from the older final fantasy games as well as some some of the original songs because one thing i didn't mention about the final fantasy 14 soundtrack is sometimes you'll face bosses from older final fantasy games in that game mm-hmm. and they will have remix versions done in the Soken style um, from some of the older games, like *Dancing Mad*, for example, when you fight Kafka, it ha- it's like this amazing rendition of like the *Final Fantasy VI* boss music, um, or even some of the modern games, like because they did this whole *Final Fantasy VIII* tribute in the latest expansion. That's so really some cool. of the songs from that game are in there, and they're all really well done. Next up, Gmac at Gmac Production One says *Chrono Trigger* still has is still is one of the best soundtracks ever. And there we go. Those were all of our community input. Garrett, a lot of great choices from the community. And again, kind of lines up with what we were talking about as well. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of really great RPG soundtracks. And I think we picked a good list today. Well, real quick before for we sure. party up with uh, the remaining questions, Garrett, real quick, we should talk about Scarlet Nexus. Cause we both played it this week. Yeah. Cause there is a demo for it. what did you
1: think about yes. the demo of
0: Scarlet Nexus? With Garrett?
1: Um, I I think it was was very well done. It's a good showpiece of what that game is going to look like. Um, It's very fluid. It's like, you know, one of the recent current gen console games. So it's going to look very nice. I think it's probably the best, maybe smooth looking anime looking game I've seen um, on a current gen console. Um, it reminds me a lot of Astral Chain. Um, yeah. but as as you mentioned uh, before this podcast, we, we're not sure if this is gonna be a role-playing game specifically, just because yeah. Well it a has lot a lot of, the- of
0: ties to like RPG elements, because again, you've yes. got
1: kind of the the the
0: tree the brain tree that you go through to unlock your psychic powers. You've got yes. multiple teammates, and I'm interested to see how the, the teammate dynamic is gonna work into the game. Not only yeah. that, but you actually have the lineage of the tail series in this game, because a lot of the developers who are working on this also worked on, uh, tales of, uh, tales of Vesperia was the one that they worked on. So, uh, you do have a lot of RPG ties to Scarlet Nexus. So I don't know necessarily if it fits in the RPG category again, well, maybe we'll save that discussion for, uh, our, what defines an RPG episode in a few weeks. Mm -hmm. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Scarlet Nexus, I'm with you. I think it looks, uh, incredible. Again, you can actually see, the, the animation from UFO Table, who is actually doing the animation for this um, mm-hmm. on all of the characters uh, models as well, which are all these like, you know, very cel-shaded models um, themselves. Yes. And UFO Table, if people aren't familiar with them, they're one of the best Japanese studios for animation right now, um, especially when it comes to action scenes, um, because they do stuff like Demon Slayer, the Fate series, uh, no Okai. Just oh, the Fate series is
1: so good. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah. or even they also did all the the um, cinematics for the Tales series as well. Wow. um, After Tales of Exilia, essentially. So um, definitely, I love to see their work come through, and you can definitely see it on the characters this time because they haven't really had too much influence over some of the character models in game before. Mm -hmm. Um, like we really haven't seen a lot of their animation play into it whereas this time around you can definitely feel like their their touch on some of the the characters your, uh, both the character models themselves but also the boss designs which I mm-hmm. think are really interesting too so
1: mm-hmm. yeah
0: I really enjoyed it as well um, I'm really excited to see the full game at the end of next month at the end of June and we'll talk about that more on our RPG preview episode which is actually next week's episode so sneak preview nice. for what we're going to talk about next week so we'll, we'll be mentioning Starlight Nexus again next week so yeah it's time to party up, Sean. Let's let... Uh, I don't know why I called Sean. you Sean. I'm sorry, Garrett. I'm so used to podcasting You're with so Sean. so used to hex. It's, you know, it's just ingrained in my brain. I'll, I'll eventually call you by the, the right name eventually, Garrett. So, it's of course, good. Garrett, let's let's party up. Let's let some of our friends into the show with us. We're to start with Sean Capri. Maybe oh, that's okay. The, that was my uh, dyslexia kind of playing into things there. So mm-hmm. Sean Capri asks, what's a common misconception about your favorite RPG? And what would you di- say to dispel it? So... Garrett, is there any we, like misconceptions the public has about one of your favorite RPGs out there?
1: That's uh, well, Sean. That's a good question. Um, I'm gonna have to think about this a little bit more. Ryan, do you, do you have something on you right now, or the thing I, is, I,
0: I, I honestly don't have one either, Sean. Because actually, <laughs> I was reading Sean's question, and uh, and and part of it is too. Mm-hmm. Most of the circles I'm interacting with, with as far as you know, public's perception for a lot of uh, by RPG, the RPGs I play. I don't really hear too much about this. I I, I think um, I got
1: something actually. Um Okay, go for it. So so yeah, the um Fire Emblem uh, the Fire Emblem franchise, like at least the current games right now, I think a lot of people think of it as it's very complicated, it's very mm-hmm. hard to play, oh, okay. um and it's not as accessible, which I I would argue against Three Houses is the most accessible um uh, game out of the franchise. You can Play in casual mode, so you can let your allies die, and they'll respawn in the next game. You can get to the point in Fire Emblem Three Houses where the game just—you le- just let the game play, right? You can go mm-hmm. turn it to baby mode. You can let it auto attack and like do auto things if you want to just see the story. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of hesitant with Fire Emblem Three Houses just because how how long it is. I understand that, but also <coughs> how. People like like to play them as hard as they wanted to. Like me, I like to play on hard and classic. So that means permadeath. That means that these the enemies are going to be tough. They're going to be punishing. But um, just letting you know that there are much easier difficulties in that game. Yeah. Um, and, it's definitely and, very
0: accessible of all the Fire Emblem yeah. games. Like that's the most accessible one for sure. But people yes. don't think of it that way. Like you're right, Garrett, where it's like they look at the strategy element. and They're like, nope, too complicated for me. You yes, know, I can't do it. It's got to be a hard game if it's a strategy game, right? But obviously, <laughs> that's, not, that's not how that works. Of course, you exactly. and I both know that. So, and actually, uh, while you've been talking, I kind of thought of one, actually, that, that a lot of people have where they say an MMO can't possibly have a good story. But <laughs> I would argue against that point where, like, there's a lot of great examples of MMOs, and two of them we talked about today. Elder Scrolls Online, I think, mm-hmm. actually has a really good Elder scroll story baked into the MMO. Um, it, it, it's not all voiced, but you do get a lot of great you know, voice moments. Um, obviously there is a lot of reading, but I do think if you're willing to put in a little bit of effort to kind of read some of the text boxes and stuff, I think it's actually got a really good story, and it kind of—I think it's probably the best Elder Scrolls story when you I, actually I think about. I would tend to games. agree
1: with that for sure. Yeah, because
0: I mean, the Skyrim story was okay. Like, it had yeah, dragons; yeah. it was interesting, but it wasn't. The, it, you weren't ever playing that game for the story, and same with Oblivion. Exactly. Like, I—I I, I like the story in Oblivion, but again, that's not the reason why you're playing that. Whereas, like, I would actually think—I actually think it's possible that you would play Elder Scrolls Online just for the story, just like. Final Fantasy XIV is another example. I would argue Final Fantasy XIV has a better story than almost every Final Fantasy game, wow. period. And that says a lot because Final Fantasy is known for you know good stories. But mm-hmm. Final Fantasy XIV in particular ha- tells this really amazing story across all of these expansions and each expansion kind of feels like its own game, but it's still part of the same narrative. So it kind of takes the idea that you saw in Mass Effect where you're taking one character across Three games and telling this one epic story across the, all three games, but you're doing it in a way over five different expansions and a main game. Mm-hmm. So you basically go on this giant epic journey as the hero of light, and it tells this giant overarching story um, of, of basically the the great collapse of all of these different worlds, um, and you're you're fighting this like overarching enemy called called the Asians, and, um, and there's a bunch of different factions and stuff, and a lot of political intrigue. That really makes the story interesting. So, yeah, you're to me
1: to get this game, by the it, way, I, this fun.
0: you would play it too much, Garrett. That's the problem. Because it's <laughs> it's so. I mean, there, again, forty thousand hours for me played. That's where my current playtime is. For Wait.
1: I thought player. I thought you were being. I thought you were exaggerating. Are you? Are you? I serious? wish 20? I was
0: exaggerating. <laughs> I wish I was. It's still less than my World of Warcraft count because again, okay. World of Warcraft is over a year of my life in World of Warcraft, Sean. I don't know why I called you Sean again. What's wrong with <laughs> no, my
1: brain today? No, it's okay. I think you've had this conversation before with Sean. So I, I actually just have. That's maybe what, I, what, I, what I'm bringing it back. I'm sorry, Garrett. But anyways, <laughs> that's enough of Sean's
0: question. Let's move on to, to Fluxy's question. Mm-hmm. Fluxy asks, what is your favorite overused RPG quote? So Garrett, I'm going to really quickly talk about mine to, to give you some time okay. to think. Because my favorite overused RPG trope is choices in games dialogue choices mm. are really overused in rpgs but i can't get enough of them garrett i actually <laughs> love them again just playing mass effect uh, legendary edition last week i actually loved going back to it and making all these choices that i know don't really matter but i still love it i love that the game <laughs> gives me the freedom to kind of you know play the game my way and make these dialogue choices and sometimes it influences the story and sometimes it doesn't And I I actually really love that in RPGs. Um, Mm -hmm. Like it it almost like turning them into like your your own, like choose your own adventure novel. I think it's just so, so, so cool, regardless of how much they actually play into the main story. So uh, my favorite overused RPG trope, gotta be dialogue choices. I actually really like dialogue choices in games. I'm a sucker for it. Me too. Even though, again, I know they're not for everyone. I like them. What about you, Garrett? Uh,
1: I think my favorite overused RPG trope is actually companions. Parties, um, some somewhere where we're going to have a culmination of, of multiple players together and you just use attack and moves. I like having variety in my RPG, so I think having other and different characters that have weaknesses and strengths adds just an, a, a simple but yet also could be very complicated complication or lair um, when you go into battles. Um, I love like talking with these companions as well, that you can give them different personalities, um, and can work in the story very well. Um, and you see it just all the time in RPGs. Mm-hmm. You can, I, I, I would say, probably more than half easily, or 75% of RPGs have like some form of companions or, or kind of other characters that you control along with your main character. So that's what I'm going to go with.
0: Okay, that's cool. Next up, Kaboski asks what game series would you like to see take a shot at the RPG genre? For example, like mm. how Yakuza like, did with Like a Dragon. So this one's a little bit tough for me because um, first of all, because of the way modern genres work, we see so many R- RPG elements make their way into yeah. modern games that you're already kind of seeing this type of thing. But obviously, you know, it's a big difference between that and, you know, what what Yakuza did with Like a Dragon because that's like very much like a Persona-like turn-based JRPG essentially yes um, that's really interesting so for me um, one of the things I actually liked were license-based RPGs so what came to mind when asking this question is I even though we've got a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat-em-up game coming out soon I would love to see a (laughs) Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles turn-based like jrpg style game oh corona triggers like like, style you've got your four party members being the four turtles they've got different like uh styles it writes itself garrett like i don't even need to come up with like a pitch for this like it makes so much sense like like i'm surprised they haven't ever thought of doing like a a ninja turtles like turn-based rpg before it just again it just it writes itself garrett so that that's my pick i would love to see that and again i know that's like a licensed property and not like a traditional game franchise um but again just with modern game franchises we're already seeing them in, in that way obviously we've already seen mario do it i would never wa- probably want to see like a, a, a zelda or metroid turn-based rpg like to me that would be kind of weird especially be, because it we just don't doesn't really have fit, really. Too many characters because in those games we only we're so centralized with the main character we don't really have like Side characters that fight alongside either Samus or Link. So yeah. those didn't really make any sense to me. Um, so that's why, for me, I, I'd have to go with like a licensed RPG, almost like uh, kind of like what BioWare did with Sonic on the DS. Like doing mm-hmm. something like that, but then with like the Ninja Turtles, I would think would be cool. What about you, Garrett? What do you think about this question?
1: Um, I, I actually went back and remember a game that was in development for the Vita, but they dropped it. And I didn't think it was like more of a rumor or whatever, but a Bioshock.
0: Oh, Tactical yes. When Ken Levine RPG. came out, he pulled the Vita out of his pocket and said, we're doing this. It's a yeah. thing. And then it never happened.
1: And it never happened. Of course, um, I would like to see that game come into fruition. I, I'm really curious if like how you would go about this. Um, I would almost think it would be probably in the middle between like the breakdown of, of Rapture uh, between mm-hmm. like humans and and then like the the daddies or or whatever um with the little sisters i could see tons of variety in soldiers and powers um it's very xcom like um, that that would be super cool and, and rapture is just like a fantastic like you know atmosphere and level yeah. design with that type of game um i see you know all these different types of um XCOM like games, and now I'm picturing in my mind with Rapture. It's just like, yep, yeah, that's perfect to do mm-hmm. it. And I wish they did it on Vita, but I guess you we know. We were they- so close, Garrett.
0: We were so we were- close to that reality where we would have had the Bioshock Vita game. That would have been so good. And actually would- one in the same vein that you that came to me while you were talking about Bioshock, and th- this also would be like a strategy RPG, something like um, like a shining force or a fire emblem. I would love to see a StarCraft or Warcraft. Yes. like turn-based strategy RPG. I think that would be amazing because you have already have so many amazing heroes, both in the Warcraft universe, but also in, in the StarCraft universe. And I don't care mm-hmm. which one they pick because I love Blizzard games. I would play either one of them. I think they would be amazing. But if I had to pick one, probably StarCraft because I think that would mm-hmm. be awesome. Like I think just seeing like, Uh, The different especially with like the different types of units you already see in Starcraft because some of them use guns, but some of them are melee units and you kind of have this nice balance already of of melee attacks and ranged attacks, which you already see in games like Fire Emblem between, you know, archers and and fighters and stuff like that. So I think that Mm -hmm. would that would be a series that would be a really interesting like strategy rpg would be something like starcraft or warcraft especially because they already come from the strategy roots so maybe make them a little bit more turn-based and you know slow them down a little bit i think that would be really interesting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right last question comes to us from Jonathan, not to be confused with sean and he asks the addition of rpg elements to various games has been a great trend in the past few years has there been any games that you have found that have hindered been hindered by their rpg elements rather than helping them I personally preferred Assassin's Creed before they added RPG elements to the
1: series. Mm. Garrett, what do you think about this question? Um, it's a very good question. Um, I, I really have to like dive deep in there. But the, the main thing about addition of RPG elements to games, the, most of the time, if that's not the central thing about it, then mm. um, it feels like fluff. It feels like just bloatiness that the developers kind of just needed to add into it to give it some sort of value, some sort of worth. Mm -hmm. Um, And Assassin's Creed is a very, uh, I would say like a good example. I would argue saying that like, it it probably didn't like actually destroy the franchise, right? It's the best selling um, so far right now. But I do tend to agree with you. There's a lot of side systems in Assassin's Creed and also like Far Cry or like Watch Dogs. I mean, it's part of the Ubisoft formula where you find question marks all around the map. All right. You have to go to each and every individual one of them. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, guys, come on. Like, let's cut the fat a little bit. I can still pay $60 for you for a good, very great 20 to 30 hour type of game and don't give me a hundred hour of just bloatiness that that I I don't really want to get into. I'm more of a completionist, but the thing is I don't have exorbitant amount of time to play games. So it's really rough on me when I see fifty or sixty thousand question marks on the map and I just can't get to each and every one of them.
0: Especially with a game like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, where that's like a 70 hour game. If you go oh as fast gosh. as possible to beat that game, like it's because I was I, I this Sean and I were talking about this on the Xbox drive where I essentially reviewed Watch Dogs Legion, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and Immortals Phoenix Rising basically <laughs> back to back for the show. So and <laughs> I beat all those all three of those games in like the span of a month and a half. and <laughs> It was it was the the worst, Garrett. Because it was just I, like I bet
1: your brain was melted. It's like this like, question. Marks. I can't do open games
0: for at least a month, you guys. I can't deal with this anymore. It's just it's too much. It's too much, it's too much Ubisoft in in, in one thing. And again, going back now, here's the thing though. I would actually disagree with with Jonathan. Where actually, I was not a person that was really interested in Assassin's Creed at all, really right. until the RPG elements came into it, where okay. um, we started seeing that kind of creep its way in in Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which was kind of the game that really brought me into the Assassin's Creed series. I'd played <laughs> every single Assassin's Creed game before that, wanting to like the series, because it was a series I really wanted to enjoy, but for whatever reason, the the balance wasn't there to, for me to actually want to do that. Whereas with Syndicate, with the RPG elements, it wasn't be, because just because of the RPG elements that brought me in, but I felt like those games really started to feel more and more like Bioware games yes. as the series went on, especially with Odyssey. Like that game feels like a game that was built by by, by like the Dragon Age team at, at Bioware. That's so true. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like a Ubisoft game in a lot of ways, even though it has like the Ubisoft open map stuff. Um, it feels very different from those games. So I would I would be on the other side of the fence and not argue that. But I, I have I have a, a couple choices here. My first one and is a real hot take. bear with me,
1: Garrett, to
0: prepare for hot takes here. Uh, My first one is Borderlands. I actually think Borderlands would play better without the RPG elements if it was just a first person shooter, like a traditional first person shooter um, that wasn't so reliant on co-op play and RPG elements like those two combined factors make it so hard to play by yourself. Like just, I don't know if you've ever tried to play really? Borderlands single player, but Garrett, but I just can't get into it at all. And I think part of that just has to do with the way the level scaling in the world of Borderlands works, because I don't think it scales correctly. And a, and a lot of that just has to do with the RPG leveling elements, where if it wasn't an RPG and it was more mm-hmm. like a traditional first person shooter, it would be a little bit easier to play through by yourself, like do, it yeah. would be more apt for so. Uh, solo play and that's why I think it might actually be a more accessible game without the RPG elements than with it even though I know that's a lot of the hook for people um that's just how I think about Borderlands whereas I know again a lot of people feel differently about it but uh, but it played with their friends but maybe didn't try and solo the entire game by themselves so it's it's so like it it just it beats you over the head with with its level scaling so I would definitely say that's one but another one I just talked about Watch Dogs Legion that's a game that doesn't need RPG elements at all, <laughs> at all. and the RPG elements that they added <laughs> were not good. So oh, no. it, it definitely uh, it definitely took away from from uh, maybe how I felt about the the original two Watch Dogs games. I still overall prefer that game over something like Watch Dogs 2, but I think the RPG elements actually hurt the game more than help
1: it. If you know Okay. That. That sounds good. I, 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 let's go back to Borderlands, man. I That's one of my favorite franchises, by the way. Of course. I play a lot of it single player, actually. Now, I can understand Borderlands 1 and 3. 1 was just... It, it, mm-hmm. it was kind of And like, those are the two I'm mostly talking about when I'm
0: referring to. Yes. I think Borderlands 2, I think, did a much better job of balancing things.
1: Yes, yeah. Borderlands 3 is just way too complicated. Like, guys, you're doing too much on the RPG skill tree or whatever. Yeah. I like how they, you can just mix it up every now and then. But yeah, there. when I'm thinking about it more and more, when I play single-player Borderlands 2, there's a specific tree I want to go down. And no, and not the two other trees. There's one tree that's like co- very co-op centric where it's just like, oh, let's heal um, the yeah. other player as much as we can, or there's companions together. So I, I can agree with that, but the, I still would love, I love the skills in there. I do. Yeah. I like the elemental damage and the siren. Well, and I think then,
0: there's a way to do the skill stuff without doing a lot of the RPG stuff. Like for example, yeah. um, I like the variety of guns, but you don't need that many guns in a game no you don't and uh, and again like definitely with borderlands one i think the problem with that was it just felt so grindy like halfway through the game yes when you're playing by yourself and then borderlands 3 like you said way too complicated with the rpg stuff so um i think borderlands 2 was definitely the right balance and and mm. i would definitely say of the three it's definitely the easiest one that i found to get into even something yes. like the pre-sequel i think they did you know an okay job yeah, pre-sequel
1: was well. great too yeah,
0: yeah i think it's just one in three definitely just woo. Just yeah. too far, too far with that stuff. And uh, especially if you're playing solo, it's yeah, it's not fun. But anyways, Garrett, that's the end of the show. Before we go, Garrett plugs
1: go. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Blaine Explosion. And you can also follow me on Twitch. I streamed once last weekend. That was oh fun. Oh my God, it happened. Yeah, I played Mo- Monster Hunter Rise. Um, I, I may play some more tomorrow. We'll see. Um, so I tend to go on Sundays whenever I have time. So yeah, you can follow me on Twitch at Blaine Explosion as well.
0: Very nice, my friend. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You also find us on Twitter at the RPG Cave. Now we're on Twitter right now. Follow you also us. find us on YouTube. Just search for us on YouTube because we don't have a URL yet. We're also on podcast services around the globe. So for Garrett Bland, I am Ryan Turford. This has been Level Two of the RPG Cave, and we're out. Bye bye.